Hi, and welcome back to the WordPress Edge podcast. WordPress, the bleeding edge, the ultimate destination for professionals looking to harness the power of WordPress for large-scale enterprise solutions. I'm your host, Landon DePasquale. I'm an enterprise web strategist here at AmericanEagle.com. In this episode, we're going to the edge with the question, what is a good enterprise client look like? Here to discuss this with me, I'm joined by Ellis LeMay. Ellis LeMay is a WordPress uh, SME and solutions engineer, helps out our sales team. Ellis, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Tell me a little bit about yourself, Ellis. What brings you into the podcast studio today? Why are you the perfect person to talk about this? Well, I uh, think a couple of reasons. I've, I mean, starting on the personal note, I've I've worked with WordPress for going on a decade now in a variety of, of capacities. And like a lot of people, I sort of fell into it and was self-taught. And at American Eagle, present day, I talk with a lot of our prospects during the very early on initial consultation conversations we have where we're trying to really learn what do they want and what are they trying to accomplish. And they're very interesting conversations because they can be awkwardly vague. They can be incredibly detailed. Uh, I've had both of those calls today even, right? Which do you prefer? You know, I almost sort of prefer, this is probably a bad answer, but I kind of prefer the middle of the road, right? Like I do like it when people can come to the table and they've thought a little bit about what they want and they can engage you in a conversation about it. At the same time, having somebody bombard you with an immense amount of details right out of the gate can actually be the wrong way to start those conversations. Um, Because I find that when you're talking to a company or a person a tech leader, a departmental leader about what they need in a web solution, understanding it from the high level, kind of really almost starting with the outcome they need and working backwards is the way to go. So I like to try to capture that initial vision and then break apart the idea from there and dive into the specifics. Awesome. Fantastic. So I think my first question as we start to think about um, enterprise WordPress, enterprise at scale, the clients is, we do have a beard requirement for working on the WordPress team, correct? Uh, we do, yes. Um, my understanding is that not having a beard is not a civil rights protected class. And as such, we are actually able to discriminate against people based on their lack of beards. Um, for those uh, video viewers who are watching us today, um, obviously the the beard piece is a really important part to the enterprise WordPress team. And we make sure that um, both all of our devs and all of our support staff are appropriately bearded. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Ellis, as we think about enterprise clients, especially WordPress clients, what makes an enterprise client distinct from other types of clients that we see in the WordPress space? Oh, good question. Um, I would have to say, I think what makes enterprise clients unique or what makes them enterprise is that they have, there's characteristics of the solution that have to be just rock solid. Like, not to oversimplify it, but it just has to work. Yeah. There's really no flexibility in the plan when you're working with an enterprise client for things to go wrong, right? And so when you're building their systems and you're thinking about all the characteristics and factors that will go into their systems, you are planning for things like redundancy and security. Yeah. And frankly, you're trying to weed out as many edge cases as you possibly can because if there are edge cases, your users are going to find them. And for the enterprise, they run such large operations where their systems are critical to to revenue, uh, internal processes, communication, and the list goes on. And if you haven't built a system that can handle all that and withstand that and account for all of the gritty details, 
then you're going to be making a lot of on the fly adjustments, which is somewhat natural. I mean, it is natural in web development, but I think that those things become critical for the enterprise. Yeah. And what's interesting about WordPress is unlike a lot of other platforms, like if someone comes to you and they need a site core site, you know, you're getting enterprise, right? Right. If someone comes to you and says they need Sitefinity, you know, you're getting enterprise. If someone comes to you and says they need a Salesforce marketing cloud implementation, you know, you're getting enterprise. But WordPress is a little bit different, right? Like you see everything from the like small, like homegrown blog sites all the way up to enterprise. So what are some of those things where as you're talking to someone, maybe they aren't thinking or talking in terms of enterprise and you have to kind of suss out what that looks like? What are some of those things that give you the clue that, hey, th this is someone who needs something different than just our typical WordPress build? I think one of the things that jumps out to me in, in that context is is prospects and clients that have long and thoughtful roadmaps. They have an idea of what they want to accomplish right now or within the next six months or even the next year, but they can also sort of point a finger in the forward direction and say, well, this is where we want to be three years from now. And that to me tells me that they have big plans basically for what they're going to do digitally speaking in their organizations. And so that to me is a big, big flag of a, of a, of a you know, enterprise quality. Um, but to get back to something you mentioned a minute ago, it's an interesting question to address because I also see a lot of really, really simple websites that uh, serve very basic functions built on things like Sitecore. Yeah. And when you kind of try to scroll back to how did you get here, what what led you to use Sitecore for this, uh, people often don't know the answer or the answer is like, well, just because. You know, we use Sitecore for everything else, so we thought we'd use it for this. And then, and then you kind of have this like back on your heels moment when you realize that they're paying hand over fist for a very large license fee for a site that frankly, could be built on Squarespace, you know? We're not sponsored by Squarespace. No, no, we're not. But uh... so that's actually a really interesting point, because I think part of so you've mentioned the need for kind of constant support for for enterprise. And you also mentioned the, the roadmap idea. I think also a part of of enterprise is the understanding that Enterprise organizations need strategic guidance and they need strategic development and they need someone to come alongside them and help them understand what they actually need in mm -hmm. the digital space. And I feel like that's a big part of what we do in your role and my role, but in the enterprise WordPress team in general is helping come alongside these clients and go, hey, if you're doing a, a marketing based site or even if you need a really complex enterprise site, you don't necessarily need Sitecore to achieve that. Right. So as we think through some of those distinctions, we've talked about things like major uptime, right? We've talked about the strategy piece. We've talked about roadmap. Obviously, the one we haven't talked about, but it's really obvious is budget, right? Like there are certain um, clients who may want enterprise, but are simply priced out of that that option. There are other clients who are going to come to you and spend enterprise money, regardless of whether they need an enterprise solution or not. Um, what has your experience been like when you're trying to think about enterprise budgets and how to balance the needs of an organization against what they're actually willing to spend. Yeah, I, I think that takes a couple of different forms that I've seen. One of the most common is inevitably you'll you'll end up having a conversation with a prospect where you've accounted for everything you think they want, that they've told you they want, and you formulated a high-level plan to achieve it. And the dollar amount, the price tag you put on it may be higher than what they were anticipating. And from there, you know, I think it really comes down to having a conversation about 
identifying the cost drivers in the big picture, of course, but then having a secondary conversation about of these cost drivers, of these features or attributes of the solution that are pushing the cost higher, which ones are closely tied to revenue? Like, are they things that, you know, are maybe worth the investment or finding the extra budget because they're going to have an ROI versus what are the things that maybe are just nice to haves? I mean, and you know, I mentioned this because I, I've heard this sort of thing said the entire time I've been building websites, but actually doing it in practice and sort of, you know, separating those things out and making those choices is something that is much easier said than done. And I think, again, that's an interesting point because you could almost use that as another litmus test for whether someone is an enterprise client or not. Does their ROI justify the money that's being spent on this thing? Is there some real revenue attached to spending this sort of money on digital platform? Absolutely. Because, you know, the reality is we are taking in as much information as we can to build a solution and we want it to be successful. And so one of the measures, the litmus test, as you put it, is I'm often sort of looking at the person I'm talking to and thinking like, does the, can this person, do, do they know their business well enough to be able to address these questions? Sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. Yeah. Well, will a million dollar website turn more than a million dollars worth of revenue? Mm-hmm. Right. So a prospect comes to you uh, and you're trying to judge whether they're going to be a good fit either as an enterprise client or trying to determine whether they're an enterprise client. What are some of those signs that you look for to see whether they're going to be a good fit? Honestly, mentality a lot. You know, I, I, I really, one of the things that a lot of them allude to and that I pay close attention to is what their experiences were like uh, throughout time working with different developers or how they sort of frame the expectations of their internal IT staff. It'll yeah. tell you a lot about how they view the value and importance of just digital anything within their organization. And and that kind of tells you a lot about their mindset for taking on enterprise projects, right? Where you've got to have those bigger budgets. You also need to have a bit of a flair and appetite for experimentation because you're going to try features out and maybe iterate on them later. And it all takes time and money, but the point is that it comes back to you in, in ROI, right? But you've got to have that mentality to want to pursue those things in that style. I think one of the things I've seen, those are fantastic. And I, I've absolutely seen that. I think one of the things I've seen is when you have prospects that are willing to discuss at a high level what we're trying to achieve instead of driving straight into the nitty gritty of the implementation, that's another good sign that they're going to be a good fit for an enterprise build. Whereas the prospects that cannot get past the particular concrete specifics of the implementation usually struggle regardless of whether it's at an enterprise scale or not. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, a, it's a great point you bring up because that is something I see probably on a daily basis, right? Where you'll have clients approach you with a experimental idea, something that they want to add to their website, a feature they want to build, a whole new business arm that they're going to open up and they need to solve it digitally first. However large or small it may be, the point is that there's some continued discovery and discussion to have before you arrive at that final vision of what the solution is going to be. Um, and you need to have those discussions in order to then put a price tag and a timeline on it and figure out what are your, uh, what's your strategy for building it? What are your realistic constraints? What are your goals, your KPIs and all of it? And I, you know, I encounter some people who are just so focused on the implementation of it that they just sort of glaze over and look over the discovery and exploration aspect of it. And, and it can be tough. And, and it's really to their detriment too, because 
anything that you plan properly and you put thoughtfulness into is going to lead to a more streamlined, economically efficient implementation. And so the way I look at it is, you know, sure, is there a scenario where you can launch right into an implementation, tackle one-offs and, and, and new requirements as they crop up as if it's a game of whack-a-mole? Yes, you can 100% do that, but you're going to have to write a check for it. And if you've got a budget in mind that you want to stick to, you're better off just slowing it down, having a simple conversation about what you want to accomplish, what your realistic constraints are, and really polishing up the idea and then moving into your implementation. Right? Yeah, I think appetite for strategy is a big differentiating factor for enterprise clients. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I've seen on my side, because again, you're typically dealing more on the sales side and the kind of prospecting side. I'm oftentimes picking this up after after you've handed off the expectations around how we're thinking about this at a high level usually are a pretty good indicator for me early on whether it's going to be a good fit because if you have a client that is capable of saying we understand that these questions haven't been answered yet and we know it's important to answer them and we're willing to put in the time and effort to sit down with you and answer them it's hard to think about a situation where that doesn't end well whereas on the flip side when they kind of want to gloss over and not really talk about that sort of stuff, that's the first thing where I go, oh, this is this is going to be an interesting one. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. So we've talked about good signs. We've also kind of hinted at some of the bad signs. What are some of those red flags that you look at? Oh, there's a lot of them. Um, I would say some of the this biggest- This is your chance to get all your frustrations <laughs> out. <laughs> I would say some of the bigger red flags are when, um, well, when somebody can't really articulate what they want, even in simple terms. Yeah. Um, uh, another red flag is when somebody, you know, I have conversations where people are really rushing for a price tag and I'll, and I'll literally hear language around like, look, I know we haven't really explained what we want. I know there's no, you have no idea how to build it and we don't even know what technology we're going to use. But if you just had to ballpark it, what would you ballpark it at? I always say a million dollars. Right, right. That's only gotten me into trouble once. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's a big one. Um, and I mentioned it just because it actually comes up a lot. You know, at the same time, we're all people. We all I, I leave I leave my job and I'm a consumer like anyone else. You know, I, I, I buy cars, houses, whatever else. Big purchasing decisions where you kind of want to know those things as the consumer. So I do understand the perspective people have when they are in those situations. I think and that therefore is another kind of litmus test is can someone hear that feedback and kind of say, oh, I, I get it. Yes, let's let's realign our conversation here. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, those are two big red flags. Uh, I guess I would say maybe a third is just when somebody sort of flatly tells you like, oh, I know this is simple. It should be simple. Don't try to tell me it's complicated. Almost as if they kind of know more than you. That's that's generally not a good start to any sort of relationship. Yeah, and <laughs> of I, any kind <laughs> of, of any kind, but <laughs> especially when you think about digital strategy and and an enterprise engagement, right? Um, it's almost never simple. Even simple things are usually not simple in an enterprise context, and right. so the sort of things that people just don't think about are oftentimes the things that hang you. Right, right, right. Well, and in, in, in an enterprise context, too, one of the other interesting factors is I, I'm always trying to keep my eyes peeled for all the stakeholders because you oftentimes have more than one, right? And and I try to identify who are the who's the economic buyer, who's the person who who needs their pain solved in a solution, a good solution, right? Because surrounding that person, you've got a lot of other leadership, and they often have more pinpointed, I guess I should say, acute requirements, right? 
for example, I'm, I'm working with a prospect right now where we're talking about an, 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 a, a, a very large scale integration with their ERP system, which is also very custom built. And the economic buyer in this case is looking at everything from the super high level, the, the 50,000 foot view, if you will, right? He wants uh, a seamless e-commerce implementation where data just flows harmoniously between website and ERP and orders come in, they make tons of money, orders go out and, and customers are happy. And that's a great vision. But surrounding that gentleman, there are several other leaders within the organization who have very specific needs. For example, there is a leader who manages only the shipping and logistics. Well, that guy has about four hours worth of conversation we need to have because everything he does and the way he's orchestrated his department um, and all of his people and teams, they have processes and SOPs they need to follow and they can't be interrupted because it's literally a business interruption. And so if we don't pay attention to his needs, then suddenly the economic buyer is also not going to be happy because he'll have one of his managers upset with a massive business. Interruption. And he won't be making money. Right. Now, I've only I've only talked about the logistics and shipping guy. Don't even get me started on the person who handles taxes, the person who handles accounts receivable, the person who handles inventory, then the sub person in that team who handles merchandising. They all work as one big team. And so you got to take that all into account. Right. And so kind of separating those people out mentally and keeping tabs on what they all need to get out of a successful solution is uh, it's challenging, but it's fun. It's cool. I'm really glad you mentioned the team aspect because that was actually where I was going to go next as well, which is both on a, a positive side. When you see an enterprise organization that has the correct people on their side to fulfill their role, you know that things are going to go more smoothly. And on the flip side, a huge red flag is if you came to a a large enterprise company of that side and they didn't have people fulfilling those roles. And oftentimes what we find is we have to kind of put a pause and say, hey, I, I know this is important and we need to make some digital movement first, but you need that guy in logistics or in tax or in accounts receivable to get your own kind of house in order internally before we can do anything for you digitally because we can't solve a problem that you haven't handled internally first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've actually, <laughs> I laugh about it. It's, uh, you know, it's a joke, but I, I've talked to actually a lot of people where one of the thoughts running through my head is I'm like, I think you guys need to hire a CTO. Yeah. You know, realistically yep. they do. Yep. You're working through an enterprise level sale. Obviously that looks a little bit different uh, than maybe a typical WordPress sale. What are some of those differences that you experience as you're, you're trying to sell them enterprise level? It's a good question. I would say that oftentimes the enterprise, because they're bigger investments, they do want more assurances that things are going to go well. Understandably, anybody would want that, yep. you know. And I think that that is where you see a lot of uh, just more um, careful vetting as the as the conversation progresses. When you get to that point where you've got your plan, you've got your your estimate for what the solution is going to cost, and it's time to now have that conversation with the with the client. Uh, they really do go to great lengths to to really do their homework on who we are, um, who's going to be fulfilling the obligations of the contract, what's going to happen if things go wrong, what the expectations are. So that's that's definitely a um, characteristic that I see. I would also say too that enterprises are a lot more timeline driven um, yeah. in in general. I mean, there's exceptions to that, but in general, they're more timeline driven. They want to know. They basically say, "Hey, cool." The, Plan sounds great. Uh, you've convinced us. When can it get done? Yeah. And, and, th and there's really not a lot of wiggle room in when that can get done. 
right? But to that very point, you know, your ability to box in a specific delivery date is made much more realistic with all that proper planning we talked about, right? Yeah, when the client can communicate what they want and we know what that is, mm -hmm. we can leverage the right resources to talk about, okay, what is what does this actually look like? Right. This is your chance, so you don't get this chance often, but this is your chance to tell all of the potential clients out there, like, what could they do to be a better client, right? You probably aren't having those conversations during the sales process, right? You're not taking your prospects aside and saying like, Hey, you're not you're not being a good prospect. I need this out of you, right? That's probably not a conversation that's happening. So on the flip side, here's your chance. What can they do better? If I could give one piece of advice to basically every prospect or client that I talk to about something they want to build, my advice would be this is try try not to fall headlong into the habit of creating the solution yourself. Don't try to solve the problem before you've come to the table to talk to us where you've maybe made assumptions about technology and choices. Instead, think about the outcome that you want and what that looks like, perhaps in different forms too, because that's really, that's really what I want to hear. That's where I want to start is tell me about your outcome because like I said earlier, you know, together collaboratively, we're going to work backwards from that outcome and figure out the how. How is it going to come together? What I want to know from them is really like the why. Why is this important? And uh, really, what's the what's the purpose it needs to serve? Why is it so important for them not to solutionize or try and come up with their own solves? Uh, because honestly, I think a lot of this just comes down to human nature. You know, people have preferences and, and it's possible for people to kind of talk themselves into an idea. Uh, maybe they convince themselves that something has to be a certain way. And then it's hard for them to actually let go of the, that sort of decision they've made in their head later on when they're presented with new information or another variable bubbles up to the surface that maybe changes their assumption. And so it's just, you know, and people don't handle that well, all people. I mean, uh, even in our personal lives, I don't think people are very good at that. It creates cognitive dissonance, essentially. The thing you really devoutly believed in, you're suddenly having to ask, is this even a solution anymore? Um, it's better to just take that emotion out of the picture and, and, and frankly, let the, let the professionals solve it for you. I think another thing that I've seen is when you have someone that tries to solutionize, they will fail to give you the important information you need to come up with a solution because they've already tried to shortcut their way to the end. And it almost never works out because then you end up having to go back and double up your discovery because you do the initial discovery, you realize you don't have all the information, then you have to go back and do it again to figure out, okay, what information did you have but didn't think was important because you'd already decided what the solution was going to be? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and on that, just to piggyback right off that, I completely agree, but those same people also miss out on a lot of opportunity. Yeah. You know, I've, I've been in some, some, some good scenarios before where clients have given us the freedom to build something the way that we sort of envision it. And from that came a lot of other opportunities that they maybe would have lost out on if they had come to the table with just hard and fast requirements around a specific tech stack or something like that, you know. It's the importance of having an agency partner, right? The whole point of coming to an agency is that they have the expertise. Yeah. They've seen it before. They've done it before. And they've got a wide variety of expertise that are beyond just the particular experiences of one person or yeah. one company. And it it gives you the breadth of knowledge and experience that most people don't have internal to an organization. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I'd like to finish off here by hearing a story of a good client prospects. Like, tell me a story when everything kind of fell into place and everything went right and you went, you know what? This is an enterprise level client. We've done this the right way and this checked off all the boxes. And as a result, we, we had a successful implementation. Yeah. So National Beef, I think, was is a, is a good example to share here because, um, and, I, and I'm trying to jog my memory now because I feel like this maybe started off about two years ago, but when I first talked to them, they, they literally called us up one day and they basically shared that they had this need to rebuild some calculators that they had once used, but since sunset, and they wanted to bring them back. And these calculators were um, having to do with like, beef cooking times based on like the cut and the weight and a few other factors. Uh, and then they also actually had a secondary tool, like a recipe lookup tool. And when they came to us, they were very open-ended about it. They basically told us, look, we, we want to revive these, these tools because we think that they've got a lot of utility for a lot of our partners, uh, which are other distributors of, of meat and, and food products throughout the world. And, uh, we really want to be able to build this in a way that, uh, you know, these uh, that our partners can use on their websites too, which was really interesting because that kind of almost immediately to me launched it into enterprise territory because right out of the gate, I was sitting there thinking, okay, all right, we got to build a solution that, you know, it needs to be maintainable. It needs to be updatable at scale, but then it also needs to be used on potentially hundreds of sites. How are we possibly going to do that? Right. And so that's where we started to actually explore um, building headless applications for these tools because they could then embe- uh, excuse me, be embedded into other websites. And uh, I believe our implementation team even built it out in a way so that uh, getting those embedded in other sites is, for the most part, plug and play. And so overall, it ended up being a great solution. But to just kind of highlight some of the things we've talked about here throughout the show, you know, what was great is they came to us again, with the outcome in mind, they kind of just told us at a high level, what do they need? And then really they sort of looked to us to say like, well, how would you solve this problem? And in the course of doing that, uh, we came up with a really cool solution. And, uh, and it also had, you know, factors that did end up being very important to them, security being one of them. So that's definitely one story that comes to mind. And my understanding is that was also a wildly successful project as well on every level, timeline, budget, scope, like it was one of those where the team uh, that worked on it just absolutely knocked it out of the park. A hundred percent. And I actually think it'd be curious to go back and ask them, but I actually think that when they first came to the table, I don't think they were planning on it being a very expensive solution, but we were able to have some really good conversations with them about just all of the potential ways we could approach it. And through those conversations, all of us, the collective group of us, realized that there was tremendous value in approaching it in this more enterprise way. And suddenly an idea that they had months maybe kind of like shrugged off as just sort of cheap and fast, they certainly saw they suddenly saw that if they just approached it in a different way, it was more expensive, but it would provide unbelievable value for the organization and serve a lot of utility. So that was a cool experience. Awesome. Well, Ellis, thank you uh, so much for joining me today. I appreciate you being here. Look forward to having you again. Likewise. Thank you very much. Been a pleasure. Thanks all of you for joining us here at the WordPress Edge by listening to our podcast. I am your host, Landon DePasquale. And until the next episode, feed your WordPress obsession. For more information about today's episode and the topics discussed today, check out our dedicated WordPress Edge landing page at AmericanEagle.com studios.